0: Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on Podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that we all, all of us, including our favorite Italian, Peter Vera, love to frolic about in our free time. Peter's a frolicker. Don't let him tell you any different. Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support the show and keep those generators running in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Now, thank you for listening to episode 162, Batman and the Mad Monk, making his, I think this is probably just like his annual return to the show. Uh, Once a year, it's a big monumental experience. Uh, People uh, pre-sales for this episode are through the roof. Because this guy is coming back, it's a familiar
1: voice. It's one Sir Micah Ramey. Hello, Micah. Welcome back. Hello, Mister Lauer. Thank you for having me. Are we of sure that Pete Vera is our favorite Italian? Are, are we Are we positive about that? He's a
0: proprietor. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. When I, maybe whenever I our met is
1: his his brother at the oh. uh, the Batman watch party. That's I don't know. True. I I might lean a little more heavily to Michael
0: mike mikey is a gem he is just a a big uh, lovable bear and he also has a big passion for lego and teenage mutant ninja turtles so already both of those things put him above pete so um yeah let me scratch that then our favorite italian is mikey uh i guess our second (laughs) favorite is the frolicker peter vera yeah i would agree to that okay there we go i'm glad you know thank you for coming on here and we got that sorted out Next, uh, wrap up episode with Pete. I'm going to make sure to say that I'm like our second oh, yes. favorite Italian, <laughs> second only to his brother, who is a gem of uh New Jersey. So, yeah, this is, I mean, I I looked and it has been over a year mm-hmm. and 49 episodes since you've been on last.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> no I, I, I that is not your fault at all I, I am sorry about that i have been very busy the last six months to say the least even yeah. even really in the last year just getting out of the military figuring out a lot of life moving to dallas um, a lot of things keeping me busy and away from appearing on the batman book club <laughs> but I mean, stuff dude, that really know, matters like from stuff- batman
0: comic <laughs> books
1: Exactly. But I mean, man, you have so many great people on the show that, I mean, not having me on the show for a year, it, it can't wait. It, it's, it's just fun. not
0: personal. It's not it's personal. Not, I, I swear not. as Jay Yaws, uh, the wise Jay Yaws tells me many times um, it's a good problem to have. So I'm very fortunate that I have uh, a nice. List of uh, people who like to come on the show and agree to come on the show and enjoy Batman comics like we do, so. I'm just glad that we were able to get you back because we knew because your last episode, if anybody wants to before diving into this one or afterward, you want to check this one out was episode 113 dropped in July of 2022. I think it was the episode after the Kelly Jones one. So you had a lot to live up to and uh, you exceeded. But we talked the book that comes before this one, um, Batman and the Monster Men. So I didn't re-listen to that. I kind of wanted to, but I ran out of time just to see, to make sure that I don't, because this book's so related to that one that I don't say the same things or contradict myself, but then thought, you know what? That might be half the fun.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If you invest too much into it, then you overthink. There you go. You're kind of not naturally and organically yourself. So I think sometimes it's best to do not no research or anything like that, but, you know, less than you probably would. Don't ever think it.
0: There's some I can't think of which sitcom it is. Uh, is some show where it emphasizes I cannot overstate how little thought I put into this. And yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to overthink this. All Sounds right. Well, like let's, the office to me. I I feel like it has to be, but I hmm, I, I don't know. So, anyways, it's out there. Somebody figured out. Anyways, let's get to talking about the 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 big Kahuna, the the reason for this gathering, Michael. Let's talk Batman and the mad monk now this was a six issue series released in 2006 and 2007 uh written and illustrated by one sir matt wagner part of the dark moon rising uh line that he had which we can get into that here in just a second uh it was released Issues were released physically. They were collected in in a trade paperback. And then, surprisingly, it kind of didn't have more releases. And it's not available digitally. Uh, it was collected in 2020 for a release, Legends of the Dark Knight, Matt Wagner hardcover. Which I bought that right up because it's a great collection that I highly recommend. I think it's still available. That is available on my favorite app of all time hoopla and it's also available on dc universe infinite ultra so if you're having trouble tracking it down that's i think that's the uh the way to go unless you want to hit the back issue bins and pay a little bit a little bit extra but i just thought that was pretty surprising that this like Batman and the monster men of um not as easy to track down so for this episode which version did you read micah
1: Hell yeah. And for our audio listeners out there, I'm sure this this isn't a video, Craig. Just just Correct. a podcast, right? So reading the paperback. I believe this is the original. It's um actually mm-hmm. signed by Matt Wagner. It's not to me, it's to my the other BOF son, Jake. Oh, who gets forgotten about sometimes. It's not just me. <laughs> well, he doesn't come and, on podcast. Come on, Jake. I know, I know. He needs to get on here. It's just me <laughs> carrying the the burdens yeah. of, of our fathers. But um I think in the last episode I did mention, I didn't have it at the time because I was living in Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. So I read it digitally. Uh, the Mad... Uh, Monster Man. Monster Man. Sorry. Yeah. And, but look, so I think I, I mentioned it on that one, but I, Matt Wagner, signed and autographed uh, Monster Man for me and then Mad Monk for Jake. So, nice. It's it's just a really cool thing for us that you know we have both of these, yeah. and then also just to show you that yeah, I was gonna say Robert let me see the all kinds of things. Here's the original Monsterman, and it's it's signed by Matt Wagner there at the bottom, as you can see. Nice. And uh, this oh, good is for a, him. Uh, His signature is uh, legible. Very legible. Good for him.
0: Thank you. My Matt signature is not. You should not <laughs> do <dude>,
1: people. <laughs> my signature is terrible, dude. I'll show you my driver's license. It's bad. It's Mine's... really just
0: yeah mine I mean mine's legible uh but again some of the signatures I've gotten it is like if I ever get to a point where I'm gonna sell this yeah are they really gonna believe that this was signed by <laughs> this person because it just looks like a wave and that's it but yeah I don't know uh I actually so I have the two the trades that you just showed me okay and I do have the hardcover. Legends of the Dark Knight collection. But I was not able to go and get that out of storage in time. So I had to check out that uh, collection via Hoopla. So I went digital on this. Pete would be very disappointed in me. But, you know, digital is very convenient. And Hoopla is such a wonderful app that I use it. It is there when I need it. Um, But I would have loved to have been able to grab one of my physical. Because when I can, I'd rather read physical. Absolutely. Now, do you remember when the first time you read this was?
1: First time I read this is w- when it came out. So, and I believe it was 2006, correct? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. Yeah. Um, it, I
0: mean, looking it up, it went 2006, 2007. So, you know, over six months. Yeah. Then,
1: but which, which may have been too early for me. I was nine at the time okay um and i remember reading each issue i would whenever i would go and stay uh with my dad bill ramey he had mm-hmm. each issue as they would come out so i watched oh, nice. i read it over a year at a time he has um, the
0: original issues good for him and i
1: think i think it partly has to i mean this would make sense Partly with me liking um monster man and this one so much is probably why he got a, matt wagner to sign him um eventually i have to ask him about that but that sounds familiar to me when did he get him sense. signed I don't know. I don't know exactly. Um, It was probably, I would assume, within around that time. Okay. Um, I mean, this is the last work Matt Wagner's done, really, since since that time? Or what else has he done?
0: He, he did Batman number 54 of the Tom King run. And uh, let me look real I'm looking here, pulling it up on... Yeah, bad. I was surprised it wasn't as as
1: expansive as as, it, as I would want it to be. I believe
0: brief. he had a he had a falling out with DC. Mm. Uh, and I believe he he was vocal. I mean he was uh what do you want to say? It wasn't like it, he was kind of professional about it, but he it seemed like his post what he'd said about it and I apologize if I'm getting some of the details mixed up, but I, I swear it was on his Twitter or it was Instagram, but it was after that Batman 54 came out. Um, there was a disagreement with DC and he was pretty open about, uh, the problem with it, but I think there was supposed to be more work from him and his son, like working together Mm -hmm. on Batman books. And then that, because of their disagreement, it just kind of ended, which is too bad because, uh, that issue number 54 is a really good standalone issue, and it's a focus on you know Batman and Dick Grayson's or Bruce and Dick Grayson. and I highly recommend somebody reading it, but that's just too bad. And then, obviously, with this, um, that we'll get into it, both books left me wanting more, uh, Monsterman and Mad Monk. And so, you know, Monsterman, I did get more in the Mad Monk, and then when that was over, it was like, oh man, I want more, more, uh. So, yeah, when I first read this, though, was probably it was when I got the trades. Um, It would have had to have been maybe like 2008, 2009. So this is what's really funny is spoiler alert on this book. I love this book. This is also almost like an original member of the bat shelf. And what I mean by that is I can kind of picture when I had just like a bat shelf, like one shelf on my bookcase, that was Batman trades. And if you know that, then that means it's limited to like maybe 10, you know, maybe 10 stories. And those were like my first trades. And I think both of these were part of that. Wow. And and then I, you know, then I got a a real job and uh, spent some college money. <laughs> on uh a ton of and then that just turned into bat shelves bat book stuff yeah exactly but this was almost like a sort of like a founding member so that's why i think i have it it's not nostalgia but it is like a love of oh this one's a little bit special than a lot of others because i've had this one for so long it's you know it not one of my first but in that you know part of that first group. So. Yeah. um There you
1: go. I mean, you said nostalgia and you said it's not necessarily you don't really feel that for you. It absolutely is. for me. It is for you. Yeah, because I feel like nostalgia
0: is it leans more toward childhood. That's nostalgia. Batman 89 returns forever. That's all nostalgia for me. Dark Knight trilogy is not nostalgia because I was like I was an adult then for you at like nine years old and stuff reading this. I think absolutely. That makes sense of it. Yeah, this story's been there for you as you were developing and reading and stuff like that, that. Yeah, this is nostalgia for you. And that's great.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's kind of why the Batman hits so hard for me as a film, because there's just this is the Batman I I love. This yeah. is this interpretation of Batman is is by far what I prefer. Batman by himself, kind of in his early years where he makes mistakes. He's not necessarily perfect. He is human. Yeah. Which is my favorite thing about Batman. And what draws me to him is that he is just human Um, At- and atmospheric and- and atmosphere, very atmospheric, and the art, just mm-hmm. the art itself is my favorite thing about the book. I'm sure we'll get into a talk about that later, yeah. but just to uh, touch on it now, it's the, the artwork and the covers is, Ooh. Matt Wagner is <gasps> exceptional. Oh, I'd love to just get him Let back calm just, down. To do, just to do the <laughs> art. And I think um, the story writing is great, but I mean, yeah. the art, it's, it's phenomenal.
0: Well, lastly, and this is the easiest question of, of these beginning ones for you,
1: is why Mad Monk? Why Mad Monk? Well, obviously, we had to continue the <laughs> Darkman Rising series. Yep. And some somehow, no one picked Monster Man. Somehow, no one picked Mad Monk. And even when we did Ego, which is my first appearance on the show, I was really surprised that no one had chosen that one either. So It, it took,
0: um, I'm not going to talk slowly while I slowly get to my point and what I was going to say. <laughs> it took 84 episodes for someone to choose dark Knight returns that was a little mind-blowing to me you know um so yeah i mean yeah i was a little surprised too and especially but then i also know i have a skewed view with the dark moon rising books of i think that they're wonderful because i have that attachment to them
1: Mm that's like
0: okay maybe they're not at the top of other people's list that's fine then you chose it and it 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 did seem like it's a package deal to where when we could figure it out that it worked for you to come back that you would just do mad monk as well as long as you wanted to because you're the guest so if you don't want to do it then you don't have to do it uh so a little not much background on this but there's it's interesting one that this is part of a Dark Moon Rising that was written and illustrated by the same guy, one Sir Matt Wagner. Yet both books are listed as issue 1 through 6, which is kind of interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. But also not a bad idea, I think on like a, a from a marketing standpoint of if you're coming in on issue you know the second issue of this and it's marked 8 instead of 2, it's almost like I'll just wait. Like I can't go get like backtrack and get eight previous, but it's instead mad monk issue number two. It's like, Oh, well give me issue one quick. And so I don't think that's a bad idea. I was just only surprised that it ended at ended with mad monk and nothing else became of it. I have no clue if that was always the plan, if something happened or anything like that, but both stories, the point of this dark moon rising was taking stories from the golden age and not making them contemporary, but almost like updating them and making them fit more with like the now in comics. And so this actual story was called Batman versus the Vampire. Really, and it was Detective Comics number 31 and 32 from 1939. Update Matt Wagner surely did to that story. But also those, I mean, it says those two issues, but those were Detective Comics where it was, you know... I think even the cover for number 31, Detective 31, is 64 pages of action. The the first part of this Batman story is like 11 pages. And there's not a ton of dialogue in it either. So I would recommend, because it is fun and I did do it myself, to go back and read 31 and 32, just the little Batman parts, to compare and contrast to this Mad Monk story. Spoiler alert, this one is much more enjoyable than that one is. (laughs) If nobody's read that. But it is it is fun, and it's cool to see what Wagner took from it and, you know, improved upon or included here. And he didn't do anything like, I'm going to totally spin this, you know, or anything either. Like, the elements are there. It just, they, they're they more fleshed out.
1: Yeah. So, have you read those? It, it, no, I just read, okay. like, synopsis of them okay. just to get a feel. And, <laughs> dude, the... um. The synopsis story of Detective Detective Comics 31 with the vampires, hilarious. Batman fighting gorillas, Batman. And there's a lot of elements in there that, you know, that Matt Wagner brought over, even story components and obviously characters. I mean, it's all, I think, really organically brought into the modern day, even though, I mean, these books are almost 20 years old, which feels insane. Yeah. Um, But even now reading them, it, it feels like, I mean it feels like it was originally written. It doesn't really feel mm-hmm. like an adaption to me. Um, but looking back at it is interesting and yeah, those <laughs> those original stories are hilarious. But I mean Bill Finger's artwork is amazing. That cover of um The Captain Comics 31 oh. is amazing, dude. It, that, it is beautiful. That is it's so beautiful.
0: Like too many you know, masterpiece, cinema, iconic. Those are two adjectives that can go to the wayside at this point because yeah. they're overused. Exactly. Well, we need to find a new one because it may be influential, is the word for that cover. Just for Batman alone, uh, that has been, that cover has been, i not exactly, would I say, redone, but has inspired so many Batman covers. And the original, that original cover is, like you just said, is awesome. Flat out freaking awesome. Wagner himself, though, took it and put his spin on it. And I think it's definitely one of my top five Batman covers of all time. The thousands yeah. of Batman covers that have been done, that is easily in my top five. It is so freaking perfect
1: yes i love it i think all the covers all uh, that one specifically is probably the best one but there's so many covers in here that are just yeah to me iconic i mean i read it when i was so young and it formed in my mind at an early age but i i just think each each issue i I was excited just to get to the next issue to see the cover yeah i mean they're. i don't know this beautiful work
0: i don't know this style because it's not like i'm not an artist so I don't know. It's I don't think it's watercolor, but it's something like maybe a cousin of that. You know, slightly related because it doesn't match the art on the inside, but it obviously doesn't deviate too far away from it either. Yeah. Uh, And that all that was always something that would bug me with comics is what what I see on the front is not matching on the inside. Then I'm like, well, no, Mm. it's like you promised me that, and I didn't get that. Uh, This (laughs) I didn't have that feeling with with this at all. Mm Because I I do like just the look of however he like whatever that Wagner touch is that he did to each cover, I think is is awesome. And I know that was, you know, that was apparent in the Monsterman story, too. He did all the covers for that, which were really cool. But going to that very, you know, for the cover for issue one, you know, inspired by Detective 31, it's so like we already said atmospheric, uh, sort of gothic. Uh moody, yeah. That's what I want in my freaking Batman art, is like those three things because it creates such an awesome mood. And I'm like, Yeah, that that is oh my god, that's Batman's area to me. Absolutely. So I just I can't say enough good things about that cover because I man, oh, I love that cover so
1: much. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, that about does it for this episode. So Micah, thanks for coming back on We've <laughs> we've peaked. On uh on this story, so I think a, an interesting part, and we can obviously we can scatter all over the place. We'll spoil the hell out of this book because it's this old. And we, I mean we always talk, you know, we we talk about everything for stories on the, on these episodes. But I think an interesting starting point for this is finding its timeline, and that Wagner did his research to where I don't think this story is supposed to take place post year one pre the long Halloween. And he does such a good job picking points to focus on so that you, you know where this time period, like where the story fits in, but doesn't contradict anything. But there's like a little bit of zoning in where it, you know, where I have to like pause and think, okay, hold on a second. Because at the end of year one, you know, Gordon said. You know, Gordon says about basically is teasing the Joker at the end of this story. Batman's teasing the Joker, so then it it is thinking like trying to place okay somewhere between after Batman saves, uh, baby Gordon in year one. That then this Dark Moon Rising happens, and then ends for that last monologue with Gordon in year one, maybe. So yeah, like it. It doesn't perfectly fit, exactly,
1: but it it does. It subtly lets you know kind of where it is in the timeline. After year one, Gordon's a captain. Mm -hmm. I mean, Harvey Dent's very brief in this book, but his relationship with Batman is still fairly new. Yeah. It kind of starts building those pieces. And then I guess we'll just spoil the end with a mention, like you talked about with him going to uh, deal with the Joker, which I know leads into um, the man who laughs. So I don't know if that's intentionally what, this ending was meant to be yeah and it's weird to me that matt wagner didn't kind of do that one as well and kind of have a trilogy together it seems kind of strange to me because i know it directly leads into that but i i mean this is my favorite version of batman like i told like i mentioned earlier i love young batman learning still learning things and even after year one you can still tell that he's he's new and Mm -hmm. as much as we love year one and long halloween i think it it's really cool to get these inner these middle stories in between that. Cause it kind of in the long Halloween to me, Batman's kind of fully formed at that point. I don't point. think I've so ever Nate, said on
0: here that I love the long Halloween, but yeah, I love the long
1: Halloween <laughs> yeah,
0: carry on. So make that clear for you, Paul. Brilliant.
1: That's brilliant. Um And I, I think it's interesting to get, you know, these stories that are in between of year mm-hmm. one and long yeah. Halloween Batman, where he's, he's, he's settled in of, of what he needs to do, but he's still not fully formed yet. And bringing back i mean this is the perfect way to bring back old stories where it was batman just starting out existing Mm -hmm. so it makes sense to take those from 1939 and bring them into the modern day
0: i think that's the appeal for when maybe when writers decide they want to go earlier with batman because they can just give him more depth because he's not i mean batman's never perfect but you know there are stories where it's status quo batman where it's like oh yeah he's got a plan c for plan d you know like he's everything's Mm -hmm. mapped out and he is perfect right now so there's just more more to chew on with the earlier years so there are like that does add for good storytelling and good dramatic moments like in this of as he's figuring it out and he does have those moments where that's the batman we know and it's like Yeah, he can beat the hell out of these criminals and, you know, um, scare the hell out of them and stuff like that. But then you see the that not all of GCPD is with Gordon and there's still Mm -hmm. some crooked cops there that Batman takes care of, as well as on the flip side of that. Gordon's trying to clear some out. One's like, hey, we we know what you're doing and not all of us are against it. So you get what you need. And like so he's building allies and. So, and and then as you see, as Batman's trying to, you know, playing detective here, he excels at it, but then he doesn't think about his next move. And then he does get damaged, you know, beaten up and or not beaten up, but falls into a trap and gets injured like bad a few times in this story, which is also good to see. And um, mm-hmm. also like, I mean, makes us root for our hero, Batman, because even though he's just went through hell and he's still getting up and it's just like, I'll just wrap my leg. But I got to keep going sort of deal, too, which is also like that's a different angle to come at. Let's display him being a hero and fighting, you know, let's building him up and rooting for him and stuff. And I think like Wagner, who I think I know he's written a lot, but I think a lot of people with Matt Wagner, they associate his art. And it's like, oh, this is a great demonstration of like he's a really good writer too, develops really good stories. And I know he's got Absolutely. Grendel and stuff like that that he's created too, but I just I do think the impression and like first off is oh Matt Wagner's art, and Absolutely. this is this is great evidence of like he didn't know he's just a good storyteller overall.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why we talked about the art. You know, for, as soon as we started talking about it, we got into the art very fast. well.
0: Yeah, of course <laughs> it
1: is. It's it's impossible not to. It's very eye catching. Yeah. It's iconic. It's memorable. But I like how you talked about. I mean, I mentioned it too, which is how subtly Wagner introduces where this is in the timeline with Gordon mm-hmm. and the, how the cops are treating them initially on the rooftop where they're, you know, kind of, they're still in someone else's pocket and they don't like, uh, him interacting with Batman and then Batman shows up. And I, what I do like is this almost feels like it's the reader's interpretation of Batman as well, where we, Batman is kind of impervious in a way mm-hmm. to, to making mistakes. But whenever he shows up, um, on G-CPD's, GCPD's rooftop and Gordon sees him hurt, which he mentions earlier that, you know, I've never seen him in action before. And mm-hmm. he's just completely shocked at how yeah. proficient he is as a fighter. But then when he comes back after being you know, seriously injured and he's bleeding all over the place, Gordon is incredibly aghast at, at how yeah. much he's injured. And, and Batman's just kind of playing it off. Like nothing's wrong. I'm right.
0: fine. <laughs> <laughs> it just closes but, his cape too yeah and, you know and it yeah. kind of turns away from him which is another like not trying to i don't know i mean we expect that out of bruce and batman the stubborn i'm not trying to draw attention on what. like let's get let's get going what's the problem what do we got to do yeah. sort of deal uh there is so what you mentioned too of almost like an awe is when they go to the morgue and the mortician mm-hmm. there is even you know he's yeah gordon gordon helped him out so this guy i forget his name i mean he's not a major character or anything like that And you know allows gordon in to look at the bodies that they found with the puncture wounds on their on their necks and then when and you see the panel which i love too of gordon and then like batman behind him and yeah. you see the chain the the face change of the mortician too where he's just like oh and that instantly made me now that this is the first time i have Well, wait I probably read this last year, right after we did Monster Men, because it is just like a package deal. But this time around at least, that made me instantly made me think of the scene in the Batman at the beginning when they go to when Gordon's leading Batman in and they're like all the detectives are just like looking at him like, oh like sorted of deal. Yeah. I'm like, that's a cool thing. I don't know. I I don't the comfortable presence of Batman, I think should not exist.
1: It's except absolutely.
0: from gordon and dent yeah because that's just like because it's not taken away from the character but it is it's like well that's the reason he's supposed to be here is he's supposed to be like that holy shit like he just owns the space when he walks in and oh like an awe so um that was such a one panel is all that was but yeah, yeah that kind of stood out to me a little bit and i really dug that
1: No. Yeah. I focused in on that as well. And I, I, I like how you said that. I've never really thought about that. We are, I mean, I mean, you read so much of a character, you watch so much of a character, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get numb to it, but Batman is his whole thing is intimidating people and the super He's supernatural. What is he? So in one panel, you see Batman as he's perceived by everyone else, Mm -hmm. which really adds to the character. And I, 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 I absolutely love that. And, you bringing up the Batman as well. Just Pattinson walking in that suit. He looks like he looks like a vampire or something. The way he moves, the way he looks and everyone's just yeah. staring at him like, who the hell? What is this? Not just mm-hmm. who is this? Like, what is this guy? And I I, I think Matt a Wagner. a goddamn
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wagner just I mean, I think we're, we're going to talk so much about his art, which I do think is by far the best part about his work with Batman is mm-hmm. is how much he, he he tells through the art and specifically how he relays that Batman is viewed as this otherworldly thing. Mm -hmm. And this is very strange. This is strange. Like, it's not strange to us because we're so used to it that Batman and Gordon are working together. But it is very strange that Batman is in a morgue. This guy in a costume is in (laughs) a morgue with this captain of the police force, which is pretty high up. And, you know, the mortician could lose his job. And yeah. So many things could happen to him. And he, he, I don't think he thought that Batman was going to come in. I don't think Gordon relayed that information to him. Yeah, I don't think he did either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just by that that panel alone. But yeah, I mean you're right. We're used to this because we're readers of comics. But if you take a step back and like, no, it's step uh as Eminem said, snap back to reality. And you think about it, it's like, yeah, that is weird. All of that weird. is weird. A guy dressed up like this is weird. And so it's always great to get that that perspective the common folk and then just getting the different perspectives which Wagner does with everybody in this I mean it's it's bookended by you see Julie Madison's reaction when she's there like with Batman and stuff too and uh like I I appreciate that with the story too and it's not overdone but we're just getting used to it not used to it intimidated by it not intimidated in awe totally scared like we're getting all those reactions to uh batman now we were focusing on the art do you get and maybe i said this last time we talked um uh, animated series vibe absolutely yeah me too absolutely. i think he, he he looks i think these wagner designs do have that fleischer look to them which obviously is what inspired bruce tim's look for the animated series and then this being mature but not like A good PG-13 comic, not rated R, uh, but mature enough and accessible. So I just, I think I've always think that might've, like I said, might've said it last time too. This feels that vibe to me of
1: animated series. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you say PG-13, I think it's borderline mature. It's yeah. it's pushing it. It's more it's a lot darker than when I remembered it being. And I think just as a child, some things kind of just go over your head. But the amount of murder and and murder. bloodshed
0: yeah. and
1: bloodshed in this book is is a lot. And I mean, if you're, you know, a teenager, yeah, this is, you know, standard issue for you. Like you've, you've seen this before, especially nowadays. So but I do it is a much darker story. It's definitely not just your run of the mill golden age bronze age type of story even though the artwork kind of would harken back to that but i love the bat suit i I love the i just love how simple everything is even catwoman's costume at the beginning which harkens to the long halloween i just love the simplicity of matt wagner's art he doesn't really try to overdo it it's i think it's just the way he constructs things that that really make it shine especially i mean you talk about that we both talked about Batman standing in the shadow at the morgue. It's just little things like that, how he places characters and the way he he's just such a he does such a good job of just setting the mood
0: mm-hmm. of,
1: of the comic and the way it all portrays out through the panels, I think is is extraordinary.
0: And I think he that very first page, the opening page, is a close-up shot of Catwoman. There's like his the coloring with that is unique on its yeah. own that I, I i even really like that shot it's just a close-up of her face and and that's that too is a blend of year one long halloween because catwoman's suit is gray in year one it's purple and long halloween it's purple here but yeah. it, it's like but it's also not that big of a deal either it's like okay all right but then we do see this is a great continuation like is this could have been just a 12-issue series completely.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Because
0: they, it runs right into each other. We There's a brief mention of the finale of Monster Men and a brief mention of Strange, and then they move on. And the first murder that occurs here, it's not like that's the first one of these. Then we do play catch-up of... We'll cl- we've closed the chapter on that big event out at the estate But while that we were doing that, this has been brewing underneath and it's come to the surface of look at these people's necks, they have puncture wounds, and Batman just, you know, he's not dismissive of it in the morgue, but he's almost just like, okay, I'll keep my eye out. And then Gord's like, Well, no, wait. And then he pulls out a second body, exact same thing. It's like, okay, there's no coincidence now. This is it's not vampires. I don't care what 1939 said in Detective 31. This is not <laughs> a vampire, but also explain two puncture wounds in the neck. And then like the the throat kind of, you know, the gnarly result of that. And so yeah. we got a teeter. And I know the last one was Monster Men. They created monsters. So this teeters a little, this teeters a little on extension of disbelief a little bit yeah but yeah but this guy is not the monk himself he's not supernatural he thinks he is and i guess there's some evidence there that can you can believe if you want to that his antics are making him you know he's he's lived decades and stuff as he's preaching that bs to the brotherhood and his followers but we get the real story of this is a a descendant of a once insanely rich family in Gotham. And he's the only survivor, but he's reinvented himself.
1: Yeah, it's, but it's never really explained. Is it, it's never answered 100%.
0: No, if that's only really nuggets are left for you to kind yeah. of choose what you want to believe. And I will lean towards reality more so. And like, yeah, this is just a manipulator. Um, freak. <laughs>
1: Basically, yeah. I don't know. I want to lean more, more because it is you know an interpreta- or interpretation, interpretation of, of Batman versus the vampire. Yeah. And with the puncture wounds and how was the blood perfectly all removed from the body? That's of true. Each victim, and then you know they talk about how he, the son. What is it? The rail? What are they called? The the railstones. Stones Sorry. There, he was away. He's a last descendant. He was away in Europe for a long, long, long time. And obviously, his time there influenced him to take on this persona of the mad monk and be a vampire or pretend to be a vampire. We're not, we don't really learn what he was doing over there, which I know in the original story, Batman actually goes to Paris and in all these different places. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, I'm just going to go to Paris and I'm going to go to Hungary because that's just what I do. And Julie Madison, yeah, for some reason, is just going to all these places too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. And he's fighting gorillas there, and he's fighting yeah. gorillas. That was when, when Batman was in New York City too, which is weird. For yeah, me to the streets think. of New York. Yeah, it's what? so strange.
0: <laughs> Batman in the
1: Big Apple. Yeah, and uh, um, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. i i am going to lean more toward the vampire things. I think it's interesting, but yeah. more than likely, it's probably not. Um, but it, well, it's, he's, he's so strong too. Like even when Batman's fighting him, he's like, Batman's talking about, oh, he's, he's stronger than I think. And he's going to crush the shield within yeah. a second, which did get to the shield real quick. We'll talk about it later if we need to. That cover is amazing as well with Batman holding that shield and the monk with the lightning in the background and yeah. swinging that, uh, stars is, is amazing, but I, I don't know. I, it's definitely, like you said, left open to interpretation, whether you want to,
0: Well, there's hypnotism also,
1: supernatural, or it's also you're right. So I mean, that
0: that can like that supports your leaning towards a little more supernatural is like hypnotism
1: because like I've
0: I've never been hypnotized. I don't I I don't believe it. (laughs) So (laughs) if you add that if you add that into it too, then I mean that supports that this is a little more supernatural. But I mean, I think I just I still lean it to he does some kind of trick. yeah. And I don't know. That's just, I guess that's just where I lean.
1: I think it's better to leave it open for interpretation on all yep. of this, even though like while yeah. reading it, I'm, you know, I'm the whole time. I'm like, how does he, how did he learn how to do this? How did he amass these followers? How did he do all that? I, I, I don't think that's necessarily the point, the point he's just, he's there. And it, the thought of, of wondering where all this comes from is, is the point.
0: Since we're talking about uh, this potential vampire, Batman does create batarangs made of silver. He does, because I mean, and that's great too. He does, he does the work. He looks up stuff on vampires, yeah, and he does create the silver Uh in which that doesn't really work. So he kind of can scratch that off. But then you have the Mad Monk coming with. I mean, for a moment of time, I don't know when vampires they decided let's make them um, sexy, cool, and take away the horror. But I love the gothic Dracula vampire, you know, um, much more so. And I'm glad that that's in which taking that from the original stories, too. I'm glad that's the route Wagner took here. So the big the Ralstone estate is a big freaking castle. Um, I love it. And then it's got the medieval stuff inside. It's got the Iron Maiden, which was a, I can only imagine you at nine finding that both cool and terrifying absolutely when you just see those eyes and the blood that's coming about it and then the gushing yeah. of blood when that opens the door also makes me think of batman returns <laughs> uh, but i i love that and then they grab you know the like you said batman grabs the shield and i don't know what that weapon's called but like the spiked cannonball attached to the chain it's like a, a flailing star thing okay uh i love I, I love all that and that's where oh and then he sleeps in a coffin. Him and his, he does his right hand woman, Dala or Dala, yeah, uh, sleep in coffins, in which she, her inner monologue, even I think she sounds like she struggles with that. But Nikolai, he just, oh, that's
1: that's where he goes to bed. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think i you know, you're kind of convincing me that it's not supernatural. The more wasn't the my
0: life. intention. Wasn't my it, it intention. Is,
1: with Dala's character, I think now you know, looking, reflecting on it is that she's kind of our way to learn that Oh, he he targets these broken individuals. Because it talks about, it's mentioned that she was a heroin addict. She moved to Gotham, had nothing there. And yeah. that's all of his victims as well, was people who were tra- traveling to Gotham, had no ties. So you know, no one's going to go looking for him. Yeah. Um, and her character and her, what we learn about her kind of reveals that, you know, this is kind of all employed and the, the thugs also that are all there that um are members of the cult who have nothing they have absolutely nothing so mm-hmm. the monk offering them this eternal life and you're going to be powerful you know that's enticing to someone like that who who has absolutely nothing and i love in the finale where ba- the batmobile shows up yeah and, and batman starts fighting him and uses gas which batman used gas in the original uh detective comics 31 as well uh and it says that like half the thugs ran away. Half of them were like couldn't fight. Half of them ran away, and then a part of them just, just like instantly passed out with the gas. So I, it it definitely shows. I think with now that I'm thinking about it, with all these characters, that this is just kind of one big game. See, and it's a you're you could flip a little bit, and I'll be like, but
0: you can be a vampire if you want him to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're flipping each be. other. Explain all the blood gone, Ryan. Explain it.
0: There you go. Yeah, I can't. I can't. So he's a vampire.
1: Uh, Absolutely.
0: Continuation of last story is that they didn't close the book on, which I thought they, like I say they, it was Matt Wagner. He could have just been done with Norman Madison and Maroney because mm-hmm. at the end of the last story Batman has Maroni and he tells him Norman Madison he's square. All right? He's done whatever you think whatever debt he owes you like it's done and it scares him to where Maroni's like okay okay he's square it's fine. And that book ends with Norman's just like paranoid and freaked out because of the end of the last story. So here yeah. they there's a continuation of that and it has, you know, ripple effects in the story and there's a tragedy with Norman Madison here too which ultimately affects Julie Madison which affects Bruce so it's all connected but Wagner does a really good job of organically like taking okay that's a subplot in itself as well maybe a sub subplot but he makes sure to what do you want to say leave nothing hanging with that either Yeah, and I really enjoyed taking these brief little detours from the main story of the mad monk and Batman and stuff and going to that route too. And seeing like it's something as much as Batman goes spying on Julie, basically sets her up as bait. Uh, yeah. And then he's in not the, the effect- best boyfriend. No, he's not the best. No. <laughs> and then as he's leaving, it's like, cut to Norman looking out the curtains and again, yeah. paranoid and freaked out. Like Batman, Batman, he's... So Batman's having yeah. the effect that he wants to have. It's just, unfortunately, it's on the wrong person.
1: Absolutely. And that guy's
0: spiraling out of control. And yeah. I loved following that thread throughout this too.
1: I love how the decisions of Batman affect Bruce Wayne in this book. Yeah. From from the ending of, like you mentioned, when he threatens Maroni to clear the debt. Mm-hmm. For Norman, which he thinks is, you know, that's going to help me as Bruce Wayne as well, you know. Yeah. Her, Julie's father is going to be worry-free now. He's going to be happy. He's got nothing hanging over his head. All of that. When, in, when in reality, he becomes paranoid because he doesn't understand why would Maroni just let the debt go, and he himself can't can't let it go, and it starts yeah. driving him mad, affecting Julie. And that's, I mean, obviously that affects Julie. That also affects Julie, and that's why she finds finds counsel. And therapy in the monk. It all, it's all connected. It all ties. Uh, it together. all is, yeah, exactly. And I love how it ties in at the end, where with with her leaving, it's not just some happy ending and they get married and you know, it's it's perfect. She she says something pretty harsh in in her letter um, to to Bruce at the end, saying that Batman killed her father. She she literally says that word for word, Batman killed my Ooh, father. Which ouch, that that, hurt, <laughs> that had to hurt Bruce hard. And, yeah. He even mentions, you know, I'm, I I, mean, I love how the book ends, but I love how he mentions, you know, I'm never going to let any that happen again. I'm not going to let, you know, someone close like that. And not to just get to the end already, but I feel like I have to just say it now with the ending shot yeah. of um, the Flying Grayson's poster. I, yeah. I just think it's, it's perfectly set up and it's, it's showing Batman is, is still continuing to learn and grow. Like he's not, he's not there yet.
0: It's almost like a Christopher Nolan approach of like the story continues on in your head. Absolutely. In in this, but also you can go and read after this. Read The Man Who Laughs. Read The Long Halloween, read Dark Victory. Like, you know, like you can yeah. continue the story if you want to. And it nothing is going to be so negating of this portion of the story. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's really well done. And back to Julie, which one Julie Madison's always forgotten which is always humorous to me uh, because she was his first love in, in comics. Like that was his first, his first love was Julie Madison and she's just kind of always forgotten. So I'm really glad that Wagner used her in this and that he used her really well, where she is important to the story. I got so many, I don't remember if I said this Monsterman, uh, so many Andrea Beaumont vibes from yeah. her in this, especially I, I could just hear that um every time she said daddy, like because Andrea says it too. I I can't help but say Andrea uh every time she said daddy, you know, in the movie Mask of the Phantasm. And that's what I would hear here. But then also it is the she's so close to her dad. Her dad is like scared and in debt to the mob. And then it's like, but Norman here is like frustrating. too. It's almost like an annoying gnat because Maroney is, you know, he's too uh, proud, has too big of an ego to explain that Batman scared the shit out of him to where all debts are cleared. He's got to play it up. And so then Norman's waiting for like, no, 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 there's more to this. There's a catch. And he's like, I still owe you. And he's like, no, as far as I know, we're squared. But then Norman, he can't let that go. And then this his paranoia continues to be fed because he keeps seeing Batman around. So then let's bring in the big man, Falcone, who then is adds, puts more fuel on the fire and telling Moroni of like, he owes me money and you're rejecting that? Like, no, get your money from, from Madison and blah, blah, whatever. So then Moroni, I don't feel bad for him because he's a bad dude, but it's yeah. like, oh, wow, that sucks. Because he's like, I can't go back to Norman Madison because Batman's watching and Batman, I know what he can do to me. But then Falcone will do that to me also. So then he's stuck. And then the tragic ending of that is that Norman basically annoys himself into getting murdered. And then the reaction from Moroni, it's so perfect of grabs this other woman in that park and grabs like, you saw that, right? Self-defense. It was self-defense. (laughs) <laughs> so he got rid of his problem with norman madison but also it's like it is tragic because you know the guy's not a bad guy and then you know that's julie's dad and all these things of connecting to the last story and i'm just like yeah this this subplot's kind of heavy
1: it is it's great it is yeah well I, done i really do i I mean i wouldn't say i like norman's character but i like the way it, he he goes into the story at all it, it makes sense it absolutely yeah. makes sense Like, i mean if you're in debt to the mob what? why on earth would they ever say you're good don't yeah. worry about
0: it yeah exactly
1: you know? i mean if i'd I was be a little position, suspicious <laughs> i would be suspicious but i'd be like all right if you say so and yeah. i would try my best to move on i think i'd be able to do it especially if it's three million dollars but he, he he's a proud man as well i mean there's a lot of egos in this in yeah. this book Every character mm-hmm. does, yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy dreams as well. did you notice that like Gordon had mm-hmm. a had a had a nightmare. Norman had a nightmare, and Bruce had a nightmare as well, which I love that that panel of his mother being Julie. I thought that was I thought yeah. that was incredible. um, but to get back to norman and and his tragedy he he almost kind of commits suicide in a way I, I yeah. think it in a roundabout way he he brings it on himself. Absolutely. he definitely can't shoot a gun to save his life. He had a free shot no. on Maroney yeah. and he missed he missed three times
0: <laughs> three times <laughs> shot right above his
1: head, right above him. but right, he's
0: I, he's right there, man
1: right there it is it is i I love how the the situation Maroni finds himself in because obviously we don't like him. I mean, we like his character. We don't like him as morally, yeah. but you kind of feel for the guy in a way like he he just he's terrified of what Batman's going to do to him, but he's probably maybe even more terrified of what Falcone's going to do to him. Yeah. If he doesn't get that money back. And I, I, want, I want I was curious to see if how Maroney was going to handle that. I think he lucked he lucked into Norman. Trying to kill him and then that it being, you know, so it was self-defense. It was self-defense. But yeah, I, I would I would be curious to see if if Norman waited a little bit longer to do something and, and how Maroney would have handled getting that money because um, he would have had to at some point or, you know, that would have been his job or his life or something, I mean, especially when you deal with the Roman. Um, and I love how brief Falcone's or Falcon. I'm saying Falcon is the Batman Falcone. is how I like to say Either it. Either way. Falcone's, it's a
0: Roz race thing now with it, Falcone. It is, yeah, like, it is. And the Roman, that's our safe way. <laughs> the <laughs> the Roman. Roman.
1: I love how brief he is. And I mean, a lot of characters are so brief. Like we talked about at the beginning. I mean, Harvey Dent's brief. Catwoman's very brief. Yeah. And I like how the Roman just shows up. And Maroni's scratches. Office. Three scratches, so a little continuity, and, and just basically tells him to get his shit together and give me the money, and or something's going to happen. And he just moves on. That's it. There's no yep. big overarching. I mean, obviously there will be eventually, um, especially with Maroney and Harvey Dent. I think it's you know it's so intentional and and where that's going. But yeah. I, it's awesome, man. I I love the sub. Even the subplots have subplots in yep. this book. Like they they all these little seeds that you see being planted that that lead to these you know, bigger Batman stories. And uh, Matt Wagner just, I, th- I think he does a really good job, not only bridging year one to the long Halloween, but, you know, bringing back stories, that original Batman stories like Julie yeah. Madison, which we talked about a lot in the first, or in the last episode of, you know, yeah. all these characters kind of have synonymous uh, love interest. And Batman does too, but he has so many. Like Batman is an absolute player. He has yeah. so many love interest it's never just lois lane like superman mm-hmm. or mary jane like spider-man it's it's all these other ones and you you would think that back then they kind of would have made her more of a staple yeah uh, but it's cool to see her back and i'd love to see her back in other things as well i know she doesn't have too many appearances in the modern day
0: yeah i think like unfortunately she's always like forgotten because what was she you know, at least Vicky Vale was like, oh, she was a, a journalist, you know, and then you get Talia. Talia was the daughter of a bunch of, of a terrorist, you know, and she ran a whole ninja organization, basically, and stuff. So you have those and. But here, I, I think. So what is she here also? I get that angle, but. Her character itself, though, you can see that she's smart. She puts things together. She's questioning things that should be questioned. Uh, The fact that she ends up in the end becomes, you know, she's uh, caught by the villain and Batman's got to save her. It's almost, it's built up to where that's justified, though. It's not, we have to end this damsel in distress and save me, Batman, or anything like that. It's, it's It's a slow build of getting there where it crosses a bunch of checkpoints it's definitely earned there as well she does a she does a stakeout outside of Wayne Manor because she's suspecting also of like things are not adding up because her bad boyfriend Bruce Wayne is is feeding her lies and stuff and how he was going to have to leave so she sits outside the gate she's like nobody's entered and nobody's left and then she gets yeah. the shock of Batman revealing himself at the end and I think it's a it's a very realistic reaction. It uh, is. And it's an earned reaction. And then you see where she goes on to in the end and how she has to leave him. And I think that makes total sense. Yeah. So like I don't know. I'm with you on in in Scott Snyder's uh, zero year. There's a, you know, very little of Julie Madison but she doesn't stand out. Cause yet again, there just wasn't, they just didn't. And I'm not just like blaming this on, on them. It's just like, they just didn't do a whole lot with her though. Again. So yeah. that's why she just doesn't fully stick. Cause I don't think she, she gets a lot when she's used.
1: Yeah. I mean, what, she just, she's going to school still in this. So she's a yeah. college student, grad student, doctor student. I can't remember what she was going for. I don't even know if they mentioned it or not. in in monster man, I can't remember, but she she might need a little more to do, I guess, yeah. just with her role in Gotham, because yeah. she obviously has a role in the story with with Bruce and her dad and all of that. But maybe with Gotham, that needs to be increased in, in a newer interpretation. But I, I like her take because it's very realistic. Yeah, it's not some fairy tale ending. I love how when she reacts to Bruce, she is shocked, which to us is like, how do you not put that together? You, you had to stake out at his house no one entered or left like you could have put this together he had three giant scratches on his chest and it was from a rake that bruce yeah bruce that's that bruce that's a terrible lie are you I kidding me i suspect he that
0: was man. lying that he fell on a rake but i'm not sure exactly <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i'm not gonna lie i laughed a little bit okay that. like that is the worst <laughs> lie ever come on bruce you're you're better than that and huh. all right and honestly dude did you realize that most of the story could have been avoided if she just had not terribly shitty friends yeah. They just wanted to talk about daddy's money and going on vacation or whatever. Like, instead of just listening to their friend. If they, they just would have, have listened uh, to her, it, it would have avoided everything.
0: Dala could have said right there, hey, if you come listen to me, this is going to lead to you having your blood drained by a dude. <laughs> Julie would have been like, better than hanging out with these two. You know, like, yeah. let's yeah, party. They let's
1: go. They, they absolutely suck. And Bruce, Bruce, too, is a terrible boyfriend. He's just, he's bad. He's absolutely yeah. bad, but he's which maybe
0: that's where he's learning. I mean, maybe that's a learning story, too, is. Yeah. uh He didn't have it figured out. I mean, maybe still to this day, whatever you read, he doesn't have it figured out how to be a good boyfriend.
1: <laughs> no, like, I don't think he. Yeah, that's one thing. He's, he's, he's not a bad guy, he ought, but he doesn't have that. He's really good at punching guys in the face and being a detective, but he's not the best at relationships. Yeah. At all. His best relationship is with Catwoman, and that's a little messed up. It's very messed up. But,
0: uh, Micah, do you have anything else we didn't touch on that you'd want to touch on here?
1: I think the only thing I really want to say in closing is I really enjoy the story. I really oh, enjoy okay. both of these <laughs> as a whole. Uh-huh. And I think the, the artwork is just so well done. I know we, we talked about it extensively at the beginning. We even mentioned it as we discussed the story but i think the one thing that really draws me to these stories and makes me remember them remember them is is the artwork in the covers and Mm -hmm. i would love to have matt wagner back in dc hopefully i know like with the whole leadership right now apparently it's very toxic and some people are leaving and it probably is impossible to get him back but i i overall with this story and and this comic, I, the artwork is iconic to me. Maybe not. I wouldn't put the story up with, you know, the best of the best Batman stories. Um, But I, I would say the artwork is, is top tier. It's, it's one of my favorite interpretations of, of the character for sure.
0: Uh, Yeah, this, we did a, you know, episode 50. We did a top 10 Batman stories. This didn't make that, but both of these would make my top 20. I mean, I am a big fan of both of these stories. I don't have, you know, with the show anyway, I never just like nitpick things. Um, and I don't I don't think if I tried that there would be much to nitpick with Darkman Rising and specifically because this the one we're talking about, you know, Mad Monk. Uh, which one, I'm gonna make it even worse for you here. Which one do you like more? Monster Men Monster or Mad Man. Monk? Yeah. Monster Men? Yeah. It's weird because I think I've always leaned to like the concept. I think I like Mad Monk more, but I think the story and how it played out and everything, I think I like Monsterman.
1: I agree. Barely, I would absolutely agree. Small edge. Yeah, I love, you know, I love the, but... the 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 villain of the monk and his style and his look. Yeah. I think his costume is brilliant. And but I I I do agree with you where I think the story is a, just a little bit deeper, maybe yeah, in, in Monsterman and I, I like it a, just slightly more i mean honestly dude it's the same story like it, it really is i mean there you you can't really i think it impossible to read one without the other especially mad monk but without uh, reading monster man I, you, you're missing out on a lot of you know story bits there but yeah they're definitely the same story but if i had to pick one or the other which i can't believe you asked that how dare you um, i know it's going to be go a poll question in. Also, so I think people should Matt, go to Twitter
0: because I'm gonna put that up as a poll question.
1: Carry on. Also, also, Matt Wagner signed Monsterman for me. So that's probably oh, why. Well, then there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose that one.
0: If I ask Jake, he'd be like, it's mad monk, bro.
1: Yeah, we'll find it. because
0: that's how he talks. Yeah, bro. He
1: does. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's 22. and yeah, he does kind of oh okay, falling into like the these,
0: bro these, phase.
1: These Gen Zers.
0: Oh, geez. Uh I gotta ask a few questions now. Last remaining questions. You know what's coming.
1: Yes, yes, you've got a question?
0: What was your favorite part of Batman and the Mad Monk?
1: I think my favorite part, and it's... I'm a big ending guy. I think Ooh. I've kind of realized that in 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 movies and in comic books as well, but I love the final panel where Batman talks about the war continues. I think that's what he says. The war continues. And it's him going off to deal with the Joker and you have that poster of the flying graces and Batman coming together and showing him growing. I I mean, that's, I mean, I've talked about again, like Batman being a human and him learning lessons and growing. so I think my favorite part about the mad monk is we see a Batman at the beginning, who's different at the end and it's leading into him becoming fully formed. So I would probably say that's, that's my favorite part.
0: This was actually really tough for me to have an answer with that too. And I think I'm going to lean with you because it almost gave me a little bit of a vibe and maybe it was inspired. I don't know by Batman begins how that left you in a sense with like a what? And then it ended in like almost triumphant a little bit um, yeah. you know, like on an upswing. No pun intended here, but it's kind of that way too. It's talking about basically, you know what it's saying the joker and then you turn that page and then there's the he's flying away the war continues and then you have that flying grayson's poster it's just something about a massive moment in batman's history there it is like i don't know it all just flows well and it really does it just send you off on like this like oh that's good that's good which is is so weird it's not about the mad monk in any way or anything like that doesn't involve him but i don't know that's like it's a, yeah, I'm with you on that. How about a favorite panel?
1: The covers count? I'm sure, or no.
0: I've picked covers in the past.
1: So I'm going to have to I go with so. the, the, the well, I'll go. We already know probably my favorite cover. We've already talked about it. The interpretation of cover from Detective Comics 31. But my second favorite is, it's so simple, but I adore it. It's I believe it's issue two, issue two's, cover with Batman's hand just reaching up from the blood. Yeah. And something about that just I mean, it's just it's so moody. I mean, it's just Batman's hand reaching through blood. That's it. But I mean, that that still is just I can see it in my head right now yeah. of, of, of that look and I, I just absolutely love it. I mean, he's he tells so much in his art with not even really doing that much, which obviously comes from someone who's incredibly talented, but what about you? What's your favorite panel? It would
0: be so easy to just say the cover to issue one. Yeah. And hey, we're just we're gonna ask. We're just, that's the question. What's your favorite panel? Well, I'm gonna bend the rules a little bit. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna add another. So I'm gonna choose that cover. But let's say that I can't choose the cover. Then it's in issue three where we get that first setting of the the castle,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: Ralston family estate. Yeah, um, I just think it looks great. It's got like for all the reasons I've already mentioned this too. Of like, it's got gothic atmospheric and stuff. And I'm like,
1: can't give me that. That's a Batman story.
0: So I just, <laughs> love, I just love the look of that. And it's, I think it's Julie's first. Yeah, going going there for the first time to meet Nikolai for the first time. Uh, would you like to see this adapted in animation?
1: Absolutely. Yeah absolutely and I, I know we you asked me that for of course the monster man and obviously with ego as well which should be i think mm-hmm. i mean uh, the three egos got to be adapted hopefully soon but with these i mean i would like to ask you a question would you like to see these in two parts like yes almost kind of similar to the long halloween or or, or <clears throat> one well you already answered it so two parts
0: i i want to see yeah i want them in two parts So, hey,
1: like uh, how long each do you think?
0: I think they can stick to their 75 minutes.
1: That's what I was thinking. And
0: I think marketing would call it something and say part one and part two because that's gonna that just instantly with everybody. It's like, okay, well, I have to commit to two parts then. I, but they could make it one big thing, split it up into two and not say parts and let them stand on Batman and the Mad Monk, Batman and the Monster Men obviously have monsterman first and then they just play off of each other i don't know how you make that connected but hey batman begins and the dark knight were connected they had two completely different titles so that would be my preference And i think you can do each one at 75 minutes and not overstay yeah. its welcome and not have to really uh shred anything and as much as i like both of these stories i, I don't think you do one and not the other
1: in, Absolutely in reality. I
0: think you do them both. It's almost it's a package deal. Yeah. I it's tricky as always because we love this so much that then it's going to be highly criticized anything that's different, but we already have the story perfected. So make it inspired by much like Wagner took Batman versus the Vampire, you know, inspired mm-hmm. by that, but did his own thing with it and made it better. Okay, mm-hmm. that was that's what I would hope like the mindset would be and then make the animation. Like, I, I think I've gotten. I've repeated myself many times on here now of kind of saying I do like animation. But every movie is the same style of animation. I would like them to be able to create their own look every movie. Yeah. Instead of it being, it's a continuation. Because look, every, it looks the same as the last movie and the one before that. I would like it if they could do something unique and different with this too. Really yeah. get like seeped into that gothic atmosphere for it. That's what yeah. I would say. And anybody that would listen to this that is in charge of making that happen be like, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money. That's not happening.
1: But <laughs> I think it I would I be in. I mean, what you were talking about sounds a lot like the Long Halloween. Adaption. oh what I mean, it's a different animation style than what we saw with Tim Sale, but it's, yeah. it's still unique and different. It is kind of similar to most things, but I think it is pretty unique in that film and you know how they take the story in different twists and turns. It's, it's yeah. meant, to, I think it's meant to be watched by people who read the graphic novel, but it also can be enjoyed by someone who hasn't seen it. Cause you're still going to be surprised either way. Yeah. Um, and, and with regards to dark moon rising, um, I think this would be, be easily adapted animation wise. I mean, we talked about how it looks like the animated series. So mm-hmm. something along that realm, perhaps I mean, would look good. And I think you would just do, just call it Batman, Dark Moon Rising part yep. one. There you go. Batman, Dark Moon Rising part two. And maybe even if you want, you can add a colon and be like monster man. And this one's mad monk, but I think even just calling it Dark Moon Rising Part One and Part Two is, yeah. is more than enough. There we um, go, and it would fit perfectly. You know, they just did Long Halloween, so it's you know in order like a prequel to that. So. Get Tim Sheridan on it. Uh, Get Tim Sheridan on it. He what is he doing? Dark Victory. Come on now. Uh,
0: he is, as he has said. If people want Dark Victory, buy the Long Halloween because that's how you can show that you want Dark Victory. So I hope enough people bought <laughs> the Long Halloween animated movies but also you know warner brothers we just micah and i just did like 20 percent of the thinking we did of making this happen so you're welcome it's a gift make it happen well micah this was a joy as as expected and as as always so thanks obviously for coming back can't wait until you return in 2024 (laughs) (laughs) hopefully sooner yeah um why don't you go ahead and, and plug away anything and everything that you'd like to.
1: Roger that. Well, first and foremost, it was an honor having me oh, on here. Stunning. It always is. I love the Batman book club. So being able to contribute in, even in just a small amount, small amounts that I do means a lot. So I'm, Pish I'm push. really appreciative of letting me on the show, but of course, um, yeah, you can uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Ramy review. Um, I haven't posted there in a while. I've been very busy with my schedule. I mean, as I mentioned earlier on, but We're going to be getting back into that here sometime soon. So if you want to, for some reason, listen to more of me, you can go do that. I'm also a BOF contributor. So you'll hear me on the BOF podcast or social hour from from here and then. So,
0: yeah, yeah. you had me on Ramey reviews for the the Batman junior novel.
1: We did. How weird is that? I had you on. I know talk to talk about a Batman story.
0: It was fun. It
1: was good. Yeah, (laughs) it was.
0: It was good. And I was, but I was thinking about that. I'm like, I think that was the only, that was the only one. Not a complaint or anything. It was just me of like, I'm not forgetting about another time. What was it? I think it was just the junior novel. Is what we did. Yeah. Right. The Batman. Yeah. What okay. was that called? It was the Batman. The junior novel. I
1: think I that's don't it. Know. Right.
0: Actually, I don't know. I don't <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, as for the Batman Book Club, follow it on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC. It's also on threads, but haven't really figured out what threads is supposed to be. So I'm not really going to push that as much. But go to Twitter at the Batman BC because there will be a poll question up here, which is what I asked Micah of Monster Men or Mad Monk. And I, it's always fun, the more people who participate, because it it's a good discussion and good comments. So go there for that. Also, make sure to subscribe. If you haven't already to the Batman book club YouTube channel where Peter and I, uh, I keep talking about how we're going to dive into no man's land. Um, we will, we haven't yet, but we're going to, we're going to make it a goal this month. We're going to hop into that as, and you can check our eight parts on the road to no man's land omnibus, uh, if you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do that. Number one, like I said at the top, Patreon.com slash TheBatmanBC, where I'm going to be adding some extra stuff to that here this month. So go ahead and check that out and join the uh, the other nice people who have joined Patreon. You can also go to tpublic.com, type in TBBC for The Batman Book Club, and you can get some cool items that have this great logo created by the talented Justin Kowalski slapped on some notebooks t-shirts hoodies onesies for your loved one whatever you'd like but if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all that's 100% a-okay the easiest quickest and most impactful thing you can do is rate and review the show so whichever podcast provider you use apple spotify amazon iHeartRadio, google play wherever just go to the rate and review page and rate and review the show because the more reviews the batman book club gets the more it helps spread the word about the batman book club and as we all know the word is panic. So for Mr. Ramey Review, Michael Ramey, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, remember my comics.